another episode of Open House. We're on a mission to develop a new mental health experience for all because we believe that you can truly experience life advancement without having to spend thousands of pounds on -on one-on-one therapy. We believe that happiness is coming home to yourself under the layers and layers of you that society has told you to be. If you love this episode today, please do share on social media and tag us at Open House Life as well as tagging Dr. Tari and I. Now, into the episode, and it's a juicy one. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Open Heart with the incredible Dr. Terry Mack and me, Louise Rumble, talking about our favorite celeb stories of the week. So today is a big day in celebrity showbiz world. Kourtney Kardashian and Travis Barker are engaged It happens, or it seems like it's happened fairly quickly. And whether you are Team Scott or Team Travis, I think the vast majority of us are pretty happy that right now she seems to be so happy. But actually what Dr. Terry and I were most interested about is how she found this person slightly later on in her life and how much time she spent with Scott and, you know, she had these amazing children and they've had this amazing family. And I think they've actually learned to co-parent together very, very well. But it is interesting, particularly as a single person in her 30s. It gives me some hope that you don't have to be abiding by the timelines that everyone else seems to. So Dr. Tara and I are going to be going deep into that. And are you ready to do this? I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's go. So I think my first question for you is, is every relationship a forever relationship? Because there's a lot of people today that are very upset for Scott. You know, they really, really thought that Scott and Courtney would get back together. And I have to say that I think that used to be me as well. When they first started dating Courtney and Travis, I really thought, oh, but I think Scott and Courtney are meant to be together. They've got the kids together. But ultimately, as time's gone on, I've actually been able to objectively look at the relationship and see that there were a lot of problems. And actually, you know, we will never know what's going on inside her relationship and her now engagement, but she seems a lot happier and more aligned. So what are your thoughts on the people that are kind of mourning over the Scott and Courtney relationship? Yeah, no, I love this question. I mean, the first book I wrote is called Every Relationship is a Test, right? Because Mm -hmm. what I've come to see in my role as a psychologist are relationships are not really about the outcome. Even though we all want that happy ending, we want the great relationship that's going to last a lifetime. Most relationships don't. And relationships are really vehicles for us to learn and grow and come into greater alignment with ourselves. Scott had what nine years (laughs) plenty of time to have this relationship with Courtney and and treat her the way that she wanted to be treated and he just wasn't able to show up for her and I think that time for Courtney she had a lot of learning to do and she tried over and over again and I believe that relationship probably prepared her to be in a healthier relationship she learned how to set boundaries She learned what she wanted and how she deserved to be treated. And they do have this great co-parenting relationship now, which is so beautiful, but were they meant to be forever partners? Clearly not. 
And I really believe we have to let things flow. So we meet people because they are our teachers. We need to learn things. I mean, I got married to my ex-husband and we had two beautiful daughters, the gifts of my life. And then we got divorced and it really was the best thing that ever happened to me because we weren't supposed to be together forever. And I'm grateful for that relationship because I learned a lot about boundaries and that I can't make anybody else happy. And then my life kept going and I'm in a better relationship now that is more aligned with who I am now. So as we grow and we learn and we come into more alignment with ourselves, our true selves, we meet different people that resonate with the healthier versions of us. That's how it works. Oh, I absolutely love that. And I really resonate with that as well. I think I look back at my past relationships and I see what I learned And from each relationship, I then see what I do or do not want moving forward. And I think it's interesting what you mentioned about boundaries, because I think that one thing we know about Courtney is she is the more kind of stern, slightly like colder sister out of um, all of them. And I think that she has been quite good at setting those boundaries with Scott and saying, ultimately, your behavior is the reason we're not together or your substance abuse is the reason we're not together. And I think she gave him many, many chances. And I think that ultimately Scott was not able to go away and do the work that he needed to do. And we will talk about in another episode what Scott must be feeling right now, because I am sure that he is feeling like the love of his life, you know, has finally gone. And I don't know if he ever thought that this was going to happen. But I love that about learning things in previous relationships that you don't bring in to future relationships. I reckon she's going to be totally different in this relationship with Travis than she was with Scott. So yeah, not everything is for a lifetime. Sometimes things are just for chapters, right? I mean, we're always going to be changing, right? That's life. We are in constant change. So we have to choose people who will change and grow with us. And sometimes we discover that we're not with a partner that allows us to be our highest self and continues to help us grow and can change and grow with us. And that's when the relationship has to end. But I'm not saying as you grow and change, you have to ditch your current relationship. You know, the hope is that you're with someone that can do that with you. But oftentimes that's not the case. Yeah. And I think even just looking at Courtney, again, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but we've seen her go on this very exploratory journey of her health. And she went gluten-free and grain-free and sugar-free and was exploring the non toxic lifestyle and she's founded Poosh. She's definitely been exploring lots of different things in her life to bring her to where she is today. And over the course of those kind of nine years, I think we've just seen Scott kind of repeating the same things like in nightclubs, out of nightclubs. I think at one point he started selling houses and, you know, I love Scott. I think Scott is a great, he's funny, he's cute, he's kind, but he doesn't seem to have grown alongside Courtney and you're right if we look at it on a trajectory it just seems like maybe she was growing and changing doing the work and he just wasn't so perhaps she's just elevated now to a point where she met someone of a different alignment and I think that when we look at Travis he seems to be very stable and reliable and a very good father to his children from what I've read so I'm wondering if maybe Courtney has just realized that that stability and reliability is is a healthy relationship after all. Do you see that in your practice? People kind of over time thinking that one thing is love and then ultimately experiencing something else and being like, oh, this is what it should have been all of those years. 
Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, sometimes we think we want somebody who's stable and reliable, but we talked about in a different episode about our nervous system and regulating that. And if we haven't done the work to regulate ourselves, then we are attracted to relationships that are chaotic, that are, you know, sometimes unhealthy, unpredictable, because we feel like that's what love is. We get bored if a relationship is too reliable or stable. So as we change and we come into greater alignment and we know we're aligned because we feel happy, we feel peaceful, we do good things for ourselves, we look internally instead of externally for the answers, then we resonate with relationships and people that are in that same place, right? Reliable, stable, happy. So absolutely, Mm. as we change, we are attracted to different people and different situations. That's super fascinating and actually leads into my next question, which is that Travis and Courtney and all of the families have been friends for a very, very long time now, I think over a decade. So did you have any thoughts on that in terms of why perhaps the relationships become romantic now, as opposed to after all of these times when they've just been friends? Yeah, I mean, my guess is that Courtney was not even looking at Travis that way. She wasn't resonating with him or attracted to him because what he had to offer maybe wasn't chaotic enough or she was busy. She was preoccupied with Scott and all the drama and chaos going on in that relationship. And she's taken some time in between relationships. So my guess is, like you said, she's been experimenting with different health things and My guess is that she's also grown psychologically, emotionally, so that now she resonates with somebody like Travis. And Travis may have changed as well. I don't exactly know his journey. But for whatever reason, that friendship has turned romantic. And I think that is probably due to the changes in Courtney and what she experiences as love, what she is attracted to, and that deep friendship probably contains some safety too, because they also have a lot of passion. And I think there's, that's probably because there is a lot of safety there as well. I mean, so far it looks like they have both, right? The safety. Yeah, that's fascinating. Cause I actually, from what I know about Travis, he was also in a similar marriage before that was pretty volatile. I know that the ex-wife since he's now been with Courtney has been doing all kinds of dysregulated and slightly dysfunctional things on social media. So super interesting when we look at it like that, that perhaps they were both in relationships learning what they didn't want. And then when they found each other, they'd both sort of gone on actually like quite a mirror image journey to bring them to a point where they were both ready for something and you're right that's something that I love about them is that they do seem reliable and their families are involved and it seems to be you know very loving but also we all know the passion is there I think we have all seen the pictures we've seen the videos we all have different um, views I quite like it I think that she's embracing her sexuality in a way that she never has done before and some people think it's disgusting and whatever you think you are entitled to that opinion but I love what you said about them feeling safe mm-hmm. and I think that that is something that I speak to people a lot about is that you do really have to feel safe and regulated so for people that don't understand the basics of the nervous system if you are regulated you're in a good place and you feel content and comfortable your nervous system is ticking along as it should 
if you are triggered or dysregulated or you're pushed into a negative emotional state, there's a lot of biological repercussions of that which can make you feel erratic or anxiety, depression, panic attacks, et cetera, et cetera. And what I think I learned in my last relationship was that it was the safest I have ever felt in a relationship. Every part of me was loved and cared for, even the dark parts, the things that I'd done wrong, there were no secrets, everything was safe, but it was the most passionate relationship that I've ever been in. So I love that point from you that actually that's probably what's going on there. That's why they are so sexual because they do feel very safe together. I also wanna make the point that unless we are growing and changing and doing this work on ourselves, which is really just, look, you know, when we talk about the self-work, a huge piece of that is self-awareness, right? Looking at ourselves, looking internally versus externally and listening to ourselves, understanding ourselves. If we don't do that, we will keep looking for the same type of relationship, for the same type of partner. Our attraction point does not change. And then we end up creating the same type of relationship, which usually doesn't end well. So I just love that Courtney has kind of leveled up. She shifted in a way that she has now attracted and is attracted to somebody different in a relationship where there seems to be a lot of stability and safety and friendship along with the passion. And it's not chaotic. It's not unreliable. It's not hurtful. It's not painful. And that I want to make that point that unless we do our own internal work, we're not going to level up into a safer more stable kind of relationship, which is what we all want, ultimately. You're so right, because if you look at her relationship with Eunice after Scott, from what I know about that, it was also quite hot and a bit volatile. He had quite a bad temper. He was quite jealous and controlling. So you're right. It seems like she really has learned from her previous relationships and leveled up. And I think that brings me to us discussing some take-home discussions for people that perhaps are in a similar situation. There's a lot of pressure these days for women, particularly because of our biological body clocks. And I think this conditional societal narrative that, and I don't know if it's the same in the States, but in the UK, it kind of feels like by the age of 30, you should have settled down and had kids. So it's sort of like in your 20s, you have fun, then you meet that person towards the end of your 20s, then you um, get engaged, get married, have a kid, and the rest of your life commences. And now this is something that I've seen with so many of my friends this year. We're kind of like 30 to 32. A lot of them have got married over the last year. A lot of them have had kids. And so there does seem to be a trajectory that people are following. Then there are people like me, who are outside of that in that I was 32 when I just broke up with my boyfriend and I have other best friends between 32 and 35 who are in the same position as me. Mm -hmm. So I understand the position that people are in and that there is a panic and a pressure. So I was just wondering if that's something you see in your practice on a day-to-day basis and whether you have any tips, because I have lots to say here, but I think it would be good to start with the professional, first of all. I love this question and I have a lot to say too, so I'll try to keep it brief. Louise, you and I also have this spiritual view of looking at things. And even though I'm a psychologist and that's my training, I also have a spiritual lens at which I look at things. And what I have seen is when we 
feel that fear and that pressure, right? To find a relationship. We typically end up in the wrong relationship. When we make decisions out of fear in general, we typically create the very thing we fear. So what I hope that listeners will hear and take away from this episode is that those things that we yearn for are meant for us. So if you are yearning for a relationship, if you're yearning for a long-term partnership or marriage, that's because it's already on your highest path. It's already yours. You just have to surrender to the flow of your journey and to life. And anytime we are feeling that pressure or we're trying to force something or we're staying in a place out of fear, we're actually blocking ourselves from that highest path. We're not aligned. Alignment happens when we're allowing flow and we feel peaceful and we're tuned into our intuition and we're following that. So what I see is a lot of women settling for a relationship that actually doesn't feel good, that doesn't serve them, that doesn't feel aligned because they are afraid that if they don't, they're going to be alone forever. And what happens is when they follow that fear, they end up feeling very alone in the relationship. They're not happy. The, the goal of life is not finding our person. The, it's not about any outcome. It's really about our own alignment. And when we focus on our own alignment, everything flows and everything on our highest path kind of flows to us. So I've seen it over and over again that a woman will come to me and she's in a relationship that she's really trying to make work. And it's very clear it's not working. It's not serving her. And those that have the courage to honor themselves usually end the relationship. And then very quickly after that, they meet somebody else who actually is in alignment with what they want and what they want to create in their life. The biological clock is real, right? We can't have kids forever. But what I want you to know is if that's what you're longing for, it's usually not that you have to search harder or make it happen. You have to surrender and trust. If I take good care of myself, if I get excited about what's coming for me, about finding the partner, having the children, you're actually drawing it closer to you. Mm. But it, it takes a conscious effort to lean away from the fear. Don't feed the fear, feed the excitement everything you want is actually just waiting for you to access it. Oh, I love that. So for my personal experience, there's two things as a 30 something year old female that make me feel um, safe and comfortable where I am, because believe it or not, and some people won't believe this, but I really have 0% fear or panic around finding a partner, settling down and or having children. I would love to do that if it's in my path. I, I actually believe in my soul that it is. Like I, I can just feel it. Like I know it is, mm. but I have 0% panic about getting there. And mm. I think I have gone through it at times. And I think I've panicked and been like, oh my God, should I freeze my eggs? And I think a couple of things changed to allow me to sort of surrender into that. And the, there are two things. The first one is faith. Like you said, I think having a belief in a higher power whether that's spirituality, whether that is God in any type of religion, a belief in something bigger than you, understanding that that is really ultimately controlling the path and the experience that we're living this time around on earth means that 
you just trust that what is happening is meant to be happening. I know that you and I do not believe that we were just dropped on this planet to live this life for no reason, for no meaning. We know that there's something bigger to it. And I think that having faith in that and ultimately that the greater power above us is orchestrating something that is meant for us and that is much better than what has come before. And in the moments, you know, it's probably like you and your marriage, like you had a great marriage, you had two beautiful baby girls, and now you have met another partner. And so you have kind of elevated along your journey. And I look back at me and I think, well, Louise, and someone said to me, getting married is the easiest thing. I don't necessarily agree with them, but I know what they were saying, which is that if you really want to just go and get married, you can find someone and marry them. Getting married to the right person is obviously a lot more important. So yeah, for me, I look back at my past relationships and I'm like, wow, these are not right. So I know that a higher power is taking me on the path to what is right. So that's the first thing which I really resonated with, surrender and faith. And the second thing for me, which is quite a niche thing, is that I feel 100% confident in my fertility. Now, what I mean by that is that not only do I look after my body incredibly well, so I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't take drugs, I don't take sleeping pills, I don't drink tap water, I try and eat organic. I really take care of what I'm putting in my body because I understand the importance of doing that in terms of the impact it has on your hormones because hormones essentially are what guides your fertility but also I've gone and done active things like I will go and have gynecological appointments and I will check my ovaries to check I don't have polycystic ovaries or to check that there's nothing going on and just getting that message from the doctor that everything's good everything's healthy in fact really healthy it makes me feel it takes me out of that fear state I'm like okay everything's working as it should this is all good And so all I can do now, like you said, is focus on myself. But the one question that I do want to ask you here is that I think that we need to go out there to look for it, right? And I think this is one of the things that I am potentially guilty of, is that I surrender and I trust that something is out there. But I'm never going to find my husband when I sit at home five nights a week working or watching Netflix or just going down the local restaurant with all my friends so is there an element that you need to know what you're looking for and you need to go and look for it as well as trusting that by doing it that will come no (laughs) oh okay (laughs) you don't you do not have to look for it but you have to be a hundred percent clear on what you want And you have to be excited about it finding you. And I mean, everything else will flow from that. So in answer to this question, do I have to go out and look for it? And when you were talking about faith and surrender, it's it's not just like, okay, I'm going to give it all up and let the universe or God take care of it. You have to tune into yourself and only do things that you feel excited about or that you feel pulled to. Those things are in alignment with your highest path. When we feel like we have to go looking for love, we're already out of alignment, right? If you go to the restaurant with your friends because you're excited to do it and you're looking forward to it, you could meet somebody there. If you go out on walks during the day because that you know feeds your soul and makes you feel good, you could meet somebody there. It's all mm-hmm. about 
making choices and decisions that are aligned with you and what makes you feel good. You don't have to search for it, right? But you have to be available spiritually for it. That's so interesting because I'm not very good at dating. I haven't really dated since my ex-boyfriend because I'm still healing. But I look at people around me that are good daters, in quotation marks, and they go out like once, twice, three times a week. That for me is like literally my worst nightmare. I don't know if it's because I'm actually quite introverted or I really like to just get to know someone on text before I meet them just to check we're aligned on things I have friends who'll just be like no don't want to talk to them on text at all because I'll find something wrong with them you know I just want to go and meet them and get it done and so I I really feel like a pressure that I'm not dating in the way that other people are but I feel like what I'm doing right now is in alignment for me and I trust that right now it's me time and that you're right you could meet that person walking down the street in a box next to you at a boxing class like they can be anywhere right you don't necessarily have to be organizing dates every single night to meet them no and I would love to talk with some of these friends you're talking about because I have a chapter in my book that says are you dating as a hobby and sometimes we're dating so much we're like binge dating that we're not even really available for what it is we think we want and, and what you're saying that you're focused on yourself, that you're focused on your own growth, your own healing, those are the roots, everything's connected. So if the roots are here, you're focused on yourself and then meeting the person is over here. It's all connected. A lot of times people want to skip this part. They spend all their time up here, but energetically, spiritually, and even psychologically, they haven't done the work they need to do to choose the right partner or attract the right partner. And it keeps dying. They meet someone, they have the chemistry and then it doesn't take off after like three months. Right now I have a group of women and some women on the call will be like, you know, I'm not dating right now. So I'm not really doing the work. I'm just focused on me. I'm like, that is the work that it's all connected. It's all part of the journey. So you are doing the most important part. We have to be in alignment with ourselves before we can choose the right person and resonate with the right relationships oh so you don't I love that. have to date if you don't want to yeah really you've made me feel I guess validated because that is how I feel is that I ultimately feel like I'm not dating right now because I'm focusing on me but I know that I'm focusing on me because it's allowing me to process what I've gone through take the learnings from my past relationship digest them I'm also looking in therapy back at other relationships that I never processed at the time. You know, I was in my twenties. I didn't have a therapist. I would just drink and smoke and just party my way through the breakups. So I feel like not only am I processing my last relationship, I also feel like I'm processing the ones before. And I feel like I'm processing why I am the way I am because of the way I grew up and my parental unit and my family unit. And ultimately they're the things that I need to do to work out who I am, why I am the way I am, what I want to be like in a relationship and who I want to be in a, within a relationship. So yeah. yeah, I love that. Thank you. That's beautiful. And I think you're right. We should talk another point about the serial daters. Um, and I think next episode, we're going to do an episode on the people that aren't very good at being on their own. They either date all the time, they um, jump around all the time, you know, from relationship to relationship. So anyone listening that is interested in that check back in the next three to four episodes because we will get that one up so 
to wrap this episode up i think we've covered some amazing ground today thank you for all of your input i think that what i can take from courtney and scott is that it was a vehicle like you said to have some beautiful children and also to learn what she didn't want in a partner and you know the funny thing is is that the guy that was right for her was under her eyes the whole time she just wasn't in that position at that moment having the conscious awareness around what it was that she wanted so i don't know if you've got any final messages or pieces of wisdom for everyone listening yeah, I'll just say too, you know, we talk about Courtney leveling up and now she's in this new type of relationship, but we don't see everything that happens in the relationship. And I just want to make the point that no matter how much we've leveled up, no matter how much we've grown, there's always work to do. So Courtney, my guess is just like all of us, just like me, just like you, Louise, she's in this relationship and she's still working. She's still probably having to be very conscious sometimes about not caretaking too much or setting those boundaries, fear probably still comes up for her. So I just wanted to make that point that it's not like you do the work and then you're completely clear and issue free and your old stuff doesn't come up. It always does, but you're more aware and you're more able to self-soothe and self-reflect. And so we're always a work in progress, but once we heal and grow in one way, sometimes it becomes new work right? We've grown and healed certain parts of us and then we move on to something else, but we're always in process. Nobody is ever fully healed and fully free of fear and, um, you know, with self-sabotaging tendencies. It's just that we have to stay connected to ourselves, tuned into us so that we know what's going on and we can respond instead of react. I love that. And you're right. I think not only that, but she's also found a partnership that she can you know, share that in and and work through in. He was in a plane crash that killed the whole plane bar two or three people. And he's now got on a plane again with Courtney. So they're obviously a very safe vehicle for whatever they're working on. And I think ultimately that's what we're all looking for, isn't it? For anyone out there, let's take comfort in this story. She's found something beautiful and it didn't arrive in her 20s or her 30s, but it arrived right on time. So thank you, Dr. Terry. You're amazing. And uh, I will see you next week. Before we go, I just wanted to let you know that Dr. Tari and I have decided that for some people who aren't quite ready to jump into one-on-one therapy or couples therapy just yet, then a relationship reading is the perfect place to start. Working with Dr. Tari in this one-on-one session, she will help you to identify your unconscious attraction, your relationship blind spots, exactly what your personal work looks like, whether you're single or in a relationship, and which outdated coping and protective strategies you are still using that push love away instead of allowing it to grow. If this sounds like something you're interested in, DM Dr. Terry or head to her website at Dr. Terry Mack, that is D-R-T-A-R-I-M-A-C-K.com and just mention me, Louise Rumble or Open House to get your discount on a session that might just change your life. Stay tuned for a whole array of different workshops, courses, and live sessions under Open House as we have so much that we want to bring to you in case you cannot get inside a therapy room. Until then, lots of love.